you don't understand the first thing that you did for me and I don't think you'll ever top that perhaps is freeing me up from that so making me 150% of what I was in terms of you know being able to see Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Gray Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guest today is Avi Lebivovich. He is one of the co-founders and chief of product at BuildDots, a company that solves one of the biggest challenges in construction management using AI-based approach. Avi comes from a background of data-heavy cybersecurity systems and leads the company's product development and relationships with the British construction industry. Welcome to the show, Avi. Hey, hey, Todd. Thanks for having me. So, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so I always like to start with kind of the, the background of how you got into the construction industry to begin with. Oh, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> No, but if we make it quick, look, we, myself and my two co-founders were looking at the time we knew we'd do something mm -hmm. um, and we knew we'd start a company or we, we will try. And we were looking for something that would have real world impact was the quote. And then a friend of a friend told us, you want real world impact? Come, come to construction. And uh, now is the time. And we started looking into how the industry operates you know, and what, what challenges exist there. Mm -hmm. And I think very quickly realized that you look at the situation in which professionals on site are put, trying to manage this beast of a thing with little to no help in terms of knowing what's going on, except for walking out yourself and having a look. And we said, no, that has to change. That's, you know, that's what we're going to tackle. Um, and that's how it all started. Yeah. So what about that? kind of gripped you over other industry uh, kind of pain points and was like, yeah, there, this needs to be fixed. And we have the idea on how to fix it. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, we, we immediately were, we, let's call it, we took ourselves away from problems that have to do with um, materials or robotics or anything that is not software because we are, you know, we come from software backgrounds. That's what we know to do. Mm -hmm. um, that was step one. And then step two, I think, I mean, what we did at first was both here in London and uh, back in Israel, we just uh, visited sites. We had uh, this nice deal where we would tell a site manager or, you know, a uh, superintendent, uh, an engineer, whoever, tell them, look, I'll walk around all day with you. Uh, and in exchange, I'll bring coffee in the morning and I'll carry anything you need to be carried. That's the deal. There you go. Um, so we did that for a while. And as you do that, you look and you say, man, how can it be? You sit in on a weekly meeting, you know, with subcontractors and you're sitting there and you're thinking they're telling him what they did or did not do. His people are saying something else. Doesn't seem like anyone has the real truth here and they're just arguing over it. And you come from, an, from backgrounds such as where we came from, where you know exactly what's going on. You know, when you manage a software development team, for instance, you know exactly what's going on. You know the status of every task, you know. I mean, I thought to myself, this cannot be managed this way, uh, or we thought to ourselves. And it very quickly became obvious that that's a very big problem because even when we looked at other things, we had this idea about 
um, helping optimize what the tower queen does. Basically, the, the you know the task list for the tower queen. Mm -hmm. Then we said, ah, but I can't optimize the tower queen's task list because to to say what is more important, I have to know the status of everything on site because that determines what's more important. But I don't know what the status of everything on site is, so how can I do that? Yeah. And it all you know kept boiling down to the same issue. Interesting. Why do you think construction has kind of let this linger out there on um, not uh, really leaning into the efficiency gains and, and, and how to streamline this process? Yeah, well, I don't think construction has let it linger out there. Um, when we are the very first uh, outside of Israel construction project we visited was here in, in London. Mm -hmm. And we came with this really horrendous mockups of what will be a future software that I myself built and I'm far from the designer. And as we're showing this, this guy, project director, you know, we're showing him this sheet that was saying, here, it will produce this and it will show progress of every activity. He says, hold on, opens his drawer, pulls out a, a printed sheet that has exactly the same information and says, this, my guys work extremely hard to produce this. And we all know that eventually we don't have, this is not accurate. If you can automate this, get to a point where they don't have to spend that time and I get real truth accuracy here, yeah. then I'm sold. Uh, so I think the industry is doing and has been doing all it can. But the fact of life is that if you are, you know, the GC, you have, I don't know, sometimes hundreds of workers on site every day installing all sorts of things. And there are tens of thousands of elements. And what I call accurate information means that you know the status of each of those tens of thousands of elements. There's no real way to handle that manually. There's just, mm -hmm. it, it, it cannot be done. Yeah, it's not, not scalable that. at all. Yeah. Uh, how do you think being an outsider to the, the industry when, when you first started coming into construction, how did that help really uh, be that kind of objective problem solver for the industry and look at it with, with a different set of eyes? Yeah, you know, I think, I think if you're in construction, then you've come to accept certain things that are just that, that's, you know, that's my situation. That's what I got to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, you've come to accept that in my case, that you, you know, that you don't necessarily have accurate information on what's going on. It's just, that's life. Um, so if you were to ask a project manager, do you know the status of your project? Obviously their answer will be yes. And rightly so, because they do compared to, to what the industry does compared to what they can know they do. Um, coming from outside is the only real way I think to say, but, but come on, it can't be this way. You know, you're used to it because that's, that's the cars you've been dealt for years, but, yeah. but it's, you know, I, I used to say that, um, sending project managers, superintendents, whoever to do this, this way is like giving, you know, 10 guys, a few sticks, a few stones, telling them, you see there, that's France, go conquer it for me. If you can, good luck. Nice. <laughs> I, li I like the, the illustration there. <laughs> yeah. It'd be futile. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so what does connected construction, what does that look like in kind of practical terms? How's that? How do you see that? So when we started thinking about that, I think we approached it from two, two angles. One is the information side, you know, mm -hmm. it's everything that happens on site connected to the same information. Mm -hmm. Now, this is part of this company's vision. Not all of it is realized in, in our, you know, offering today, but for instance, 
when you, you know, when you're in charge of ordering materials to site, that should be done as a derivative of something that tells you exactly what's going on on site. So that you don't order too much and then have to store it and perhaps something, you know, something will happen and don't order too less. And then obviously that's a problem. Um, so there's that aspect. The other aspect is the, is the people on site aspect is we've come to realize that when you sit in on such a subcontractor meeting and there's an argument between the, you know, the, the superintendent and the foreman of the sub, it's not an argument. I mean, nobody is lying and nobody is trying to get away with anything. It's just the situation is that with lack of truth, you know, people will, will each take the position that the, for sure protects them. Right. And it creates the situation of, of a lot of friction, of a lot of discussing things, of a lot of, you know, uh, th commercial threats sometimes or whatever it is. And we came and said, can't be. There needs to be one source. Everyone knows what's going on. And once that happens, then you're like, okay, that's, that's on me. I'm going to go and fix it. That's on you. You're going to go and fix that. Um, and a lot of, I was surprised to see that, but subcontractors on our first projects that I used to, you know, I used to visit myself every week would come to me and tell me, Aviv, we want to take you to, to other projects that we're involved in because even for them, even though it was the GC's tool, uh, and the GC had the information, it was like, now that's it. You know, I don't need to, when, when I don't have enough work to do here, this guy can see it. And then he doesn't, you know, chase me to bring more men that I don't want to bring. Mm -hmm. So come on, come with me. Let's take you to another one of our sites. Um, yeah. And that connected piece of, you know, bringing everyone together to a common goal, I think, removing the, uh, you know, the I'll protect myself situation because, because the truth is out there. Um, that's a powerful one for me. Yeah. So it, what do you think is the, the bigger hurdle, if I can put it that way, the connecting the information side or on the, the people side and, and getting kind of everybody to play nicely in the sandbox together? <laughs> that's a difficult question. Um, I think, I think both, but I'll tell you why, because with the information side, the problem is that there's no standardization. Mm. Um, by the way, something that we didn't know going in, but you know, the fact is that each designer builds, you know, their models or designs, whichever way they like. Um, we've had a case where somebody modeled, uh, a closet in each apartment and they modeled that closet and they put floor elements as shelves because, you know, it's the same. It's like a horizontal rectangular object. So cool. Uh, and that messed up our system completely because it, it, it I mean, it relies on floors in a very real way. So yeah. it came up saying like, there's 3000 levels on this building and, and so no standardization means that we do a lot of heavy lifting when we start projects to understand the project information, to understand the schedule, understand the design and understand everything that is not in either of those, but is in people's minds. Mm. Um, so that's a very big challenge. And we've built all sorts of workflows together with our customers to tackle that. Um, but that's an initial thing. And then you get to, to a real challenge because this thing is, is extremely new. And, you know, in many ways, when you're, when you're introducing this to a new project team, like, wow, why, um, what is this? So my team has to sort of sell it every time, uh, again and again, uh, to work with the project team, to show them why there is value in doing that. Um, 
this is once this product is already sold, the company bought it, they put it on a project. Yeah. Um, but you got to sell it to that project team. You know, you got to explain to them that it's, this is value for them. This is not value for their boss's boss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess connecting people to that experience in this whole new world in a way um, is, is, is a challenge, but we, we see that once you, you know, you show someone the value, you sit in with them on one meeting and show them how that meeting can run with that in the background, then, I mean, that's the way you just, you, you got to show people the value once and they, they're hooked. Bridging the Gap is powered by Graytech Group. As a global BIM and modeling expert, Graytech is dedicated to empowering construction and manufacturing professionals to digitize and industrialize their processes to improve performance and build a sustainable tomorrow. With more than 30 years in the industry, they know how to be your partner in a world where change is the new normal and always strive to enable their customers to gain an increased competitive advantage to model the future. Visit greatech-group.com for more information. Yeah, how do you start kind of tweaking the the message point to them? You said a really interesting line that, yes, the company's already bought it, but this has real value for you, you know, Joe Smith uh, on this project team. How do you make it personal for them before, uh, you know, actually having to, to roll it out and get their buy-in on the front side? Yeah, yeah. So we have, um, we have a customer success team. These are all people that we've hired from the industry. So they're construction professionals uh, mm -hmm. of all sorts. And they will work um, weekly with the project teams. And basically what they will do is they will say, uh, you know, one guy here, he was a, a super in a project in New York. And then when he does it with, with, with the, our project, he says, look, I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like to run that weekly meeting with the subcontractors. I know what it's like when they you know, keep bombarding you with, no, I couldn't do it because, you know, he, he blocked me. He didn't do his work, so I couldn't progress. And then he says, no, that's not true. And whatever. Mm. Come, I'll sit with you once. Uh, we'll do it together. I mean, you don't need to do all the heavy lifting of learning how to use this tool just to test it. I'll be your, I'll be your build-offs guy in one meeting. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, you know, that's our way of showing, of showing the value because you just, you gotta, gotta help people experience it once, especially in this industry mm. where a superintendent is under so, such a, an unbelievable workload. Can you really expect them to go out of the way and say, I'm going to now stop, learn something that I don't even know if there's value to yet. I mean, I'm told that there is, but I haven't seen it. Right. So showing it once is always the key. Just show it. Yeah. Well, what I hear that is, is really good of what you guys are doing is you're really creating that partnership and, and making that, that link that is not just kind of cramming down software. You're in it for the, the long haul. You, you want to make them successful and it's a true partnership. I think that's great. That's a spot on way to do it in construction for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. I think, you know, eventually it's a win-win. We want our product to be used. We want it to affect the project's outcome. Uh, that's just not going to happen if the project team doesn't use it. Mm. No, it, it's, it's, it's a tool that is all about managing the construction process. And with all the respect to the owner and with all the respect to people back at headquarters and the GC, the people on the ground are the ones that, you know, manage the process. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I want to circle back to something that you said 
as well, uh, talking about the, the information that's in people's minds and, and trying to, to get that out. I, I think the, the knowledge transfer part of that is, is huge in, and needed in this industry, especially with, you know, all the, the lack of labor and getting people fresh blood to, to come into construction. How do you go about getting kind of the, the knowledge that's in people's minds and, and transferring that into the software? Yeah. Good question. Well, first of all, I think, you know, we've, we are privileged in the sense that we see a lot of projects. I mean, I have seen more construction projects than the average construction professional has ever seen just because, you know, they're, they're, they're done everywhere. Yeah. Um, now, obviously I don't understand them even remotely close to, you know, that super's understanding, but the basics of it. And so we, we've started understanding that at the end of the day, the projects are not that different from one another. You look at a residential mm -hmm. project in, you know, in the US, they're different, but not that different. Yeah. Um, and we started building into the system and into our own processes, sort of basic rules. Uh, if, you, you know, if we give a silly one, then even if your, uh, uh, your schedule says, you know, building up walls, you should know that there are shaft walls and there are just internal walls that are not shaft walls and they're different and you got to treat them differently. It doesn't matter if the schedule says it or not, you have to know as build-outs and as a build-outs person to ask that project team that question, which will say, oh yeah, yeah, sure, of course, of course we do that. Yeah. Um, so we've built this library of knowledge, which we, we keep asking the questions to the site teams, but even after you do that, you know, things, things change. Um, and we do this thing that as we start the project and the system starts tracking progress, we sit down once a week with you know, the site team and ask them, this is what this thing is saying. What's your report saying? Keep doing your manual reports, you know, for now, mm -hmm. like the first few weeks. And then when you see a discrepancy, you try to understand together if that discrepancy is a result of somebody receiving a wrong report on site, therefore cool build us has the information or because our understanding of their scope is just wrong. So we configured the system to track something, but that's not really what they're trying to do in that task. Yeah. Um, so you do this process together with them. And I think the result becomes going back to connected construction. You know, you have somebody updating the schedule. This is especially common here in the UK. You know, there's a person that's their goal called the planner. Mm. They update the schedule and then you have the site guys and the schedule doesn't speak the exact same language as the actual activities that the site guys are managing their subcontractors to do. So he asks them for an update. They give him an update in their language. He has his language and now he has to scratch his head and say, okay, so what do I, how do I, this. Yeah. You got to uh, translate. <laughs> you got to translate. Uh, and same for financial purposes, you know, in monthly valuations and uh, payment requests and stuff like that. And this tool's ability to just track at the element level, and then send that to different languages, you know, the schedule language, the, the commercial language, the operational language, because in this, what we call implementation process at first, we set up the connection between all of them, it just makes it easier for everyone because suddenly there's, uh, there's one data source, but three languages or four languages, depending. Yeah. So they can speak in their language. The system translates that, puts it in the receivers language that they want. Yeah. Yeah. The system will show the superintendent the progress against his sequence or her sequence. The system will push the data into 
you know, the schedule file in whichever format that schedule file is. So obviously it will show it in, in the schedule language and it has a different screen that shows the commercial language. So it shows that sort of the same basic data, but against the line items that are in, you know, a payment application. Mm. And that way, yeah. the same data, but it's stocking those three languages and each can use what they use. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so let's kind of shift and let's talk to the the skeptic that is out there that, you know, maybe whatever reason they don't want to update their, their process, they're hesitant to embrace technology, whatever the case, what's the, the benefit for uh, contextualizing the job site with, and, and the design with technology? What, what do they get from it? So I think it, it all comes down to, you know, we call it control. What, what does control mean? Control means that you actually know what's going on on the project and you know early. If you know early, you can react um, and you can, you know, respond to things that happen. For instance, the simplest example, somebody forgets to install, you know, uh, one back box for one socket. And then that wall is now going to be closed up. It's then going to be taped. It's then going to be painted. Sometimes someone will say, oh, wait, but I need a socket here. And now you got to start, you know, opening that entire wall and feeding that socket and installing it. It's a mess versus this tool. So simple. It will just tell you, look, you're saying it's done, but it's 95% done. Here's the one thing that is missing. And then don't get to that headache. Uh, a super here in London or the equivalent of a super told me once I asked him how much time that saved for him, just trying to manage the process. And he said, mm -hmm. how much time he saved me, uh, a lot of hairs on my head and five years of stress, That's what <laughs> you know, of, of losing life through the stress, yeah. <laughs> that's what you saved me. Um, so there's that aspect of just, you know, protecting you from, from stuff that happens. Yeah. Um, and the other aspect is just managing that process is knowing that if you're planning every week, um, but you're, you know, we call it percent plan complete, like in lean construction, but you're hitting 40% with your of what you're planning every week, then you'll, you won't, you won't finish on time. Um, and you're not going to have good relationships with your other subs. And suddenly here comes this tool and you manage every week and you see exactly how much you achieve every week and everyone can see it. And we have a customer in Finland actually that did a, their own research on this and showed that they went from 30, I think, percent of, of tasks that are actually completed in the week of those that are planned for the week to 75. Wow. It's a big Just difference. that is, and I'm not, obviously I'm not saying that they, you know, uh, you know, more than halved their schedule, because if you don't finish a task within a week, it doesn't mean that it's going to take you two weeks. It could take you a week and a day, but just that, just knowing that when you plan something for that week, it is going to happen at a, at a good likelihood, it just changes yeah. all the dynamics. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, what's a, a benefit of AI that people maybe aren't aware of for construction? I think it's, it's these, you know, going back, you asked me about why do I think the, you know, the industry hasn't, um, didn't do something about this problem. Um, I think it's because there are certain tasks in this world that are, are just not human tasks and that's where AI shines in this case of this tool, this tool every time and our customers capture the entire site twice a week um for some of our sites you know and not even the biggest ones we have 
one site that is a million square foot, one that is more than that, but even the smaller than that, you know, 100,000 square foot project will have tens of thousands of elements that the system checks every week their status. This socket, that socket, this socket, that wall, this wall, that piece of duct, that piece of duct, and that piece of duct. And, you know, all of that. AI is great in that. And I think, you know, that's that's the advantage. The advantage is just in automating these tasks that are just not 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 for humans to do in many ways. Yeah. 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 Well, I think one of the the perks and the promise of technology is that it it frees the people up to be more creative, do more uh, of the the problem solving that the people are really good at and let the computers and the technology take some of the um, the mundane aspects completely off, completely off of your plate don't don't worry about that focus on what people are really good at well uh, 100% the first, the first super that ever used this tool and I, and I sat down with them and I asked him look what you know um, what does the data do for you what can it do more for you let's do you know a brainstorm session he looked at me and said you don't understand the first thing that you did for me and I don't think you'll ever top that, perhaps, is freeing me up from that. So making me 150% of what I was in terms of, you know, being able to problem solve yeah. um, and, and handle things. So it's sort of that you give them a lot more information that they had, but without freeing up their time to handle that information, they just won't handle that information. Yeah. It's kind of a good deal. I'll give you more information, which means you can make more decisions, but I'll also give you more time so you can actually Go ahead and make those decisions. Right. <laughs> I would take that deal. <laughs> I like it. Uh, what's a, a trend for 2023 that you think is, is going to really come in and make a, a big splash for construction? It's a good question. I think, um, you know, I think what's happening if, if from my, you know, uh, a modest perspective, if you look at the history of, of technology in this industry in the last few years, it all started from the basics, you know, uh, document management, project management, uh, quality management, stuff like that. And that has suddenly, there was a crazy influx of solutions. I mean, um, the first construction tech uh, conference that we ever went to was here in London called Digital Construction Week. Yeah. And you go by booth by booth, and it's like a million solutions for design management and another million solutions for quality management. And it's just, holy hell. Um, and I think what this consolidation that is happening in the market is, is enabling is a lot more integration and integration is something that I think any, you know, any customer as in any construction company should want. Um, I always say build us will not do it everything ever. And I don't think any other solution will do everything ever, mm. but you know, the project team or the, or whoever they need you know, one thing that sort of speaks together and solves it. Uh, so for that, you need integrations. If you have a million solutions of each type, they're not all going to be integrated with all of them. You know, tech companies can't do that. Now with consolidation, suddenly it's a lot more realistic. For us four years ago to integrate with every quality management tool out there would have been just insane. I couldn't do it mm -hmm. today. All of my customers use one of three tools and I'm integrated with all, all three because it's easy. Mm. There's three, three. So yeah. that world of integration and, you know, systems speaking to each other and giving you one digital 
sort of experience as a whole is, is massive. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, what do you think is uh, the next step then in industrializ industrializing the industry? Um, good question. I think, uh, again, you know, from, from my perspective that you can't actually industrialize everything. Mm. You know, I, uh, I work with, with people who join this company on the sales side or the marketing side. And I explain to them, look, the fact that stuff happens on a construction project, suddenly the design has to change or the design is just unbuildable mm -hmm. or a subcontractor goes bust or whatever happens. That's not the industry's problem. That's the industry's challenge because it's the nature of the industry. You, you can't get away from it. What right. are you going to do when, uh, you know, we build us when we built our offices here in London, you know, and they're, they're actually brand new. Um, we changed the design when they were already building. Why? Because someone said, oh, no, I don't want this. I want that. What are you going to do? You're not going to stop people from doing that. Right. Um, so it's just a fact of life. If you want to industrialize <laughs> a process like this, it's never going to be a car manufacturing, you know, happy days. Every car is the same. And I know five years before I manufacture it, I know exactly what it's going to be down mm -hmm. to the nut, you know, to the bolt. But with, with systems like BuildOS and there are, you know, others covering other aspects of construction, sort of controlling all the information around the status of what's happening, then suddenly maybe we can, even this very volatile environment, start industrializing, start understanding where, ah, where we can do things, uh, you know, in a more repetitive way, because even though it's different every time, we're in control every time. Yeah, more so kind of industrializing and standardizing the, the information and the, the data, not every single component of the yeah, job site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is, that is definitely another big one. Um, we've actually started seeing customers that come to us and tell us, you know what, could you just help me build a, like, you know, a sort of a guideline to how to model and how to build a schedule so that we have a guideline that is a guideline that also works with you. And then we have some standardization in this process and how we use this system. Um, and I think companies are starting to see, you know, the advantages of that again with, with, with new, um, with new abilities coming in, because if, you know, we said before what a computer is good at, what a computer is very, very extremely bad at is applying judgment like a human does. Right. Saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that this information is this, but actually, you know, a superintendent yeah. walking into a site, into a, a room can say, yeah, I know the design says the duct is meant to go that way, but actually it's coming in from here and it's all good. A computer can't, can't right. apply that uh, logic. So suddenly you need more standardization if you want to you know, benefit from more tech. Yeah, I agree. The, the critical thinking component, that's where uh, a human has to come in and, yeah. and yeah. critically right. think the computer can't. Uh, so what does innovation mean to you? Well, I think it's solving a real problem. You know, we, um, a lot of people that are not really construction people ask me, oh, what are the future applications for this technology? You know, and I ask them, what do you mean? I say, oh, you know, where, where else can it be used? And I go, no, you misunderstand. I didn't build a technology. I looked at a problem that I'm trying to solve and started solving that. I am completely disinterested in what else it can do because I built it for a purpose. Yeah. So for me, innovation is when you look at a problem that's a real problem, a problem worth solving, and find the way to solve that. Uh, whether that way is tech or that way is you know building a new process or 
lean construction, last planner system, you know, a lot of things that, that people do in construction that are just as innovative. They're just not, you know, not lines of code. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, so how do people find out more information and connect with you? Well, first of all, buildouts.com is an easy one. Um, myself specifically is also quite easy. It's aviv at buildouts.com and I'll welcome, uh, I do take, uh, you know, in the spirit of the industry, I take a bit of time to get to every email, but I do. Um, I think, uh, I think a lot of it is out there, especially on our website, but generally, you know, there's, you Google it and you see the case studies that we published and like that, a lot of LinkedIn, it's all out there. It's a yeah. digital world. We, as a tech company, we have to be there, don't we? That's right. Yeah. Well, it would be, uh, uh unusual if you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so final question for you, if I could give you all power and you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in construction, what would you choose to innovate? And Adam, this is a bit biased because it's uh, what could help uh, um, me have an easier life. But still, I'll say an automated, automated, generated and fully accurate uh, design model. You know, a tool that just you tell it. Hello, Mr. Computer. I want uh, a building. It needs to be a residential building. It needs to have 38 stories and whatever, 400 apartments. And it just does it. And you have it. And it's perfect. Nice. I like it. <laughs> take all the best work out of it. Take care of that for me. I'll, you know, much appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get right on that. that <laughs> that's a, a very complex problem to, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. tackle there. <laughs> I like it. It's ambitious, <laughs> but <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Thanks so much for taking the time and coming on to the show and talking with us. Once again, thanks for having me. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, as we kick off the new year, don't allow yourself to be complacent with the status quo. There are always things that can be improved. If you've ever been frustrated with the process and said to yourself, there has to be a better way, you're probably right. Go look for it or help develop it. Second take, I liked how Aviv broke connected construction into two fundamental parts, information and people. Only once both the information and people are connected and working from the same data with the same goal can the industry truly move forward. And final take, being able to standardize the data and information of a project is the next step in the industrialization of the construction industry. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, Great Tech Group, at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, virginagappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software Great Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software Great Tech Group 2023.